Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to a friend of this show and a friend of mine, Aisha, for just being a kind person and just getting to know you, and I had a lot of fun today, so thank you. It's always good to meet new people, and then in this digital world that we live in, to meet and to have a meeting of minds and to talk about music and talk about all of these things that we are inspired by. And so thank you. We talked about films, we talked about music, and here we are. It's the day before the Academy Awards. It's kind of a bittersweet thing because, and and it shouldn't tee me off because I'm not I'm not in the film industry I do consider myself a filmmaker and a writer um the fact that they're not going to announce those eight categories on live tv is a slap in the face and those who witness it will never forget that and those of you who are marching in solidarity and refusing to go on the red carpet thank you I am in the middle of watching King Richard. Here's the thing. I grew up watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. All right. I remember going to the theater and watching. I, I, I was a teenager in the 90s watching Independence Day when it came out. And I got to tell you, that was awesome. I was not a big Men in Black fan. I saw Will play uh, Muhammad Ali. He got nominated for it. I saw him play. In the pursuit of happiness, it got nominated for it. This is his third nomination. And he's playing Richard Williams, King Richard. Father and one of the early believers, him and his wife, of their daughters, Venus and Serena Williams. At first, I was like, okay. Maybe it's going to go to Benedict. Maybe it's going to go to Denzel. This is Wills. I am so impressed from what I've seen so far. I've, I'm going to finish it tonight. And then I've got Licorice Pizza. And then I've got Nightmare Alley. That was the other thing that Aisha and I talked about was Guillermo del Toro. And how awesome he is. And he's nominated for Nightmare Alley. Not for directing it. He's won before. He's won before. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen? Mm. Well, and and keep in mind, it's not just about the acting categories. Belfast is going to win probably in screenplay. I would love for Belfast to win Best Picture. That's me. With everything that's going on in the world, Zelensky as this, this, this shining light of hope. And it makes me think of the troubles that happen in Ireland. And th- and that little boy never losing hope. Because he's the future. So here's what's going to happen. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is, this is, uh, this is going to be fascinating. I am making a prediction. And if it doesn't happen, then I was wrong. But I, I have an inkling that a, a tie is going to happen in a very, 
very, very talked about tie. And it could be anyone. Because if you've learned anything from the Academy Awards, nothing is set in stone. And the late Lauren Bacall knew that. When Lauren Bacall received her only nomination for The Mirror Has Two Faces, and she was the favorite to win. And Barbara Walters said to her, are you prepared to win? And she said no. Because she says, I have always been aware that something left field always comes out. And, and she was right. And what happened? Juliette Benouche wins for The English Patient. And even Juliette Benouche was like, I'm stunned because Lauren deserves it. Isn't that a moment right there? Here's what's going to happen. And I'm going to do all the categories. Because unlike the producers of ABC, I don't do this for the ratings. I do this because it is important. Because the motion picture arts and sciences, you don't just have acting. You have a lot that goes into making a film it's like building a house it's building a town it's building a village that's really what it is it takes a it really does take a village to make a film all right so here we go writing original screenplay the nominees are belfast don't look up king richard licorice pizza the worst person in the world it's going to belfast writing adapted screenplay coda Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, The Power of the Dog. It's going to go to Dune. Visual Effects, Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi Shang and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Spider-Man, No Way Home. It's going to Dune. Sound, Nominees, Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Dune. Short Film Live Action. Nominees, Ala Kachu, or sorry, I want, let me, let me have Siri do this. Take and Run, The Dress, The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, Please Hold. I'm going with someone who I really admire because I love The Sound of Metal, and that is Riz Ahmed and his partner who did The Long Goodbye, Anil Karia. Short Film, Animated. Nominees, Affairs of the of the Art, Bista, Boxa Ballet, Robin Robin, The Windshield Wiper. It's going to Robin Robin. Production Design, Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story, Dune. Oh, here we go. Oh, woo! Best Picture. We'll save that for... Best Original Song. Nominees, Be Alive. Oh, my goodness. And oh, this is from Encanto. Dos Orugras. Down to Joy. No Time to Die. Somehow You Do. It's going to go to the, the music from Encantanto. Music Original Score. Nominees, Don't Look Up, Dune, Encantanto, Parallel Mothers, Power of the Dog. It's going to go to Dune. Makeup and Hairstyling. Coming to America 2. 
Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, House of Gucci. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. International feature film. The nominees are Drive My Car, Flee, The Hand of God. Oh, this is where Siri comes in handy. Don't we just love technology? You know. As someone, I, I have a, a, a bachelor's degree in English, and I was taught early on, you try your damnedest to pronounce. Even you got to do it phonetically. The worst person in the world. It's going to drive my car. I'll talk about that in a bit. Film editing. Film editing is interesting because nine times out of ten, that predicts your best picture. Don't look up. Dune. King Richard. The Power of the Dog. Tick, tick, boom. It's going to Dune. Documentary short subject. Lead Me Home. The Queen of Basketball. Three songs for. Let's see, what is this? What? Oh, great, Siri, you don't. Okay. Difficulty. Never say Siri when you're recording, because the recording will stop. When we were okay, so the nominees for best documentary short subject, uh, Audible, "Lead Me Home," "The Queen of Basketball," three songs for Bonzier when we were bullies, Audible, documentary feature, Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, "Riding with Fire," it's gonna go to Summer of Soul, directing, nominees are Belfast, Kenneth Branagh. Drive my car. Let's see this. Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson. The Power of the Dog, Jane Campion. West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. I'm going to go on a limb here and say Belfast, Kenneth Branagh. Costume Design, Corella, Cyr- Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, Nightmare Alley. Cinematography, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story, Tragedy of Macbeth. Animated feature film, Encantanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Raya and the Last Dragon, Flea. Actress in a supporting role, here we go. Because something's going to happen. In either of these categories, it's going to be a tie. The nominees are Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench, Belfast, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog. Here we go. And, because I'm watching it and I'm going to tell you something. Um, because we, we have some interesting factors here. Anjanu Ellis. Anjanu Ellis, King Richard. If there is a tie in this category, it's going to be Judy Dench, Belfast, and Anjanu Ellis, King Richard. If there is no tie, it's going to be Anjanu Ellis. Because that's what a supporting actress does, and the way she supports Will Smith's King Richard and her daughters. That's where I'm going. 
act, uh, actress in a leading role. Jessica Chastain, Olivia Colman, Penelope Cruz, Nicole Kidman, Kristen Stewart, Jessica Chastain. I watched that, and I grew up in the 90s when Tammy Faye was on. She had a talk show with Jim Jay and Tammy Faye. And Jessica Chastain impressed me and broke my heart as Tammy Faye Baker. And what I loved about Tammy Faye is that she loved the gay and lesbian community. LGBTQ, gay, lesbian, uh, uh, bisexual, trans, questioning. Even when in the film, Reverend Jerry Falwell is like, oh, these people. And Tammy Faye says, but they're not bad people. And that's what I loved about her. She stood above and said to them, no, we don't judge them. Actor in a supporting role. Oh, Woohoo! Hines. Belfast. Troy Kotzer. I want to say it right. Troy Kotzer. Coda. Jesse Plums. Plums. The Power of the Dog. Plemons or Plums? Plemons. Plemons. J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos. Cody uh, Smith McPhee. The Power of the Dog. Gonna go to Troy Kotsar of uh, Coda, but if there is a tie in this category, it's gonna go to Troy Kotsar Coda, and because get ready, like I said, it could be these supporting character categories. Kieran Hines. Kieran Hines in Belfast because he plays the grandfather, and that is such a moving performance. Him and Judy Dench. Oh my goodness, actor in a leading role, Javier Bardem. Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Now, if the the tie would not, I don't think it would happen in the Best Actors category, but the Best Actor category, if there is a tie. Now, the first winner, if there is no tie, I'm going to say Will Smith, King Richard. But if there is a tie, it would be Will Smith and Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom. Those are the possibilities. And the possibilities are endless. There has not been a tie in those acting in any acting category since 1969. Catherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand won in a very famous tie. And I've always waited for it to happen again. And you know how you get your inklings. Okay, here we go. Best picture. The nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. While I love Belfast, I'm going to say Drive My Car. Drive My Car not only has dual languages, because it has Japanese, it has um, Korean, but it also has ASL, American Sign Language. And then just the performance, the, I mean, the emotions and how evocative it is. It was three, and it's the longest film. And I remember the late Roger Ebert, love him or hate him. Roger Ebert always said that it was the lo- usually the longest best film won best picture. And they make the most 
out of those three hours. So, here is the famous tie that happened. I suppose if I've lived as long as I have, anything can happen. And I'm absolutely thrilled that it has happened. Thank you very much. so long to get it right <laughs> so I would uh, I would like to thank my my um, co-producer Ray Stark for waiting till I grew up and uh, Julie Stein and Bob Merrill for giving me such a great score to sing and Isabel Leonard for writing such a terrific character and uh, all the Hollywood people uh, who made our show into a, a movie and my dear Harry Stradling, who I haven't let go since, and um, my dear friend and director, William Wyler. Uh, well, it's like um, <laughs> somebody once said to me, uh, asked me if I was happy, and I, uh, I said, are you kidding? I'd be miserable if I was happy. And... Uh, I'd like to thank all the members of, of the Academy for uh, making me really miserable. <laughs> that is the famous, infamous tie 
There have been other ties in the acting categories, but nothing as solid as that. Yeah. Even even years later, Streisand was stunned. Even to this day that she won in that tie with Katherine Hepburn. Two winners. And so that's my hope is that we have, for the first time since 1969, a tie in any of those acting categories. Even maybe Best Actress. If, if it were to happen at Best Actress, it would be between... Um, Jessica Chastain and Nicole Kidman, two redheads. Yeah, this is this has been interesting. And yeah, the the Academy. Let me just say this: the Academy has a lot of work to do because a black actress hasn't won an Oscar since Halle Berry, especially in the lead category. Twenty years. Twenty years ago. Halle Berry and Denzel Washington both won lead Oscars. Since then, others who have won in the lead acting category have been Jamie Foxx and Forrest Whitaker. Two. There should be more. There should be more. And Halle Berry, I mean, you know, you've got Viola Davis, who has been nominated in lead as only one in supporting, and um, Ruth Negga. Who should have been nominated for passing. Should have. And that's the thing with the Academy. It's almost like, you know, okay, they'll extend the the nominees for Best Picture, but not for acting. Because five is just not enough. Okay? You're listening. And so, yeah. It's not always that I think people want to be represented I think we all should have a piece of the pie, as the Jeffersons so famously said in that theme song. We finally got a piece of the pie. If you've never heard that song, and you go and watch some reruns of the Jeffersons, that song, moving on up, that is probably one of the best theme songs, along with the Golden Girls, ever. Because if you know... And and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Let's let's put Will Will there, because you know Will 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 Smith started out as a rapper. Isn't that awesome that all of these these rappers became actors? Will Smith, Queen Latifah, both Oscar nominees. Uh, who else? Uh, Ice Cube. Fifty Cent, Eminem, Tone Loke. Tone Loke did films. You know, um, to think that, you know, you start off doing hip hop records, and then you become an actor, and then the late Tupac Shakur, or I scratch that. I don't think he's dead. I think he's in Cuba somewhere. But that's my own. Thing we'll talk about at, a, at another time you know I got to participate in something on Friday at work and it gave me not so much a boost of confidence but really I will tell you I got my first taste yes this film podcast I 
sometimes you know I pause and sometimes I mispronounce things, but I leave it in. I was commissioned to do something with my voice, and I'll tell you, yeah, it's it's fun. Voiceovers are fun, but that's a lot of work. That is work. It's great work, but you have to be on it. You have to re and and. See what I just did right there? If if I were to do that, and professionally, we would have to edit it out, or we would have to splice something. Um, yeah. And th- I, there were moments where I would rehearse the text before recording it. And then there are times where I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So this film podcast allows me to just flow. As I've been doing for four years. But yeah. People who say you should go into voiceovers. Yeah I'd like to. But it's work. It's not easy. It is not easy. People who think it's easy. You you try reading that dialogue. And you have to get it right. And you have to pronounce. And enunciate. You have to. And you have to do it naturally. Because if you do it. And you're talking monotone. Who's going to listen to that? I remember years ago, out of just curiosity, I took the LSAT. Yeah, I took the LSAT. I did not want to be a lawyer. But I just took it because some punk who was a student at the college that I worked at. And I I worked in the undergrad library and law library. And I would update legal periodicals. That was fun to do. And he said to me, oh, you ain't got what it takes. And so I remember I told my father, my father gave me some money and said, here, go take your LSAT. And I didn't intend to pass, but I took it. And I'll never forget when they were proctoring that exam, they were speaking in such a monotone way. And so now I understand. Because when I was get, getting ready to read the script and I read the script on Thursday night and I had to record on Friday and I thought, oh, okay, I'll just read it this way. And, and he very politely said, I don't want you to read it monotone. I thought, okay, you just want me to read it naturally. Like I'm speaking to you right now. So yeah, I, I, am, all, I am all for it because I love constructive criticism if it's constructive. As a former educator, I'm going to tell you, I have some really good friends who gave me, who were also teachers, constructive, and I emphasize that constructive criticism versus criticism there were some others that I worked with where it was always criticism 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 you didn't do that right criticism and and that there is no room to grow in that there is not and that's why I left that's why I left if you sit me down and say very nicely hey I understand where you're coming from try it this way rather than say you know what you don't know what you're doing we know what our, we're doing. There's no room for growth. There is no room for growth. And so I hope those who are the powers that be train their teachers that. That constructive criticism keeps teachers because then you feel supported. Okay. Now, as a podcaster and as a filmmaker and as a voice person, constructive criticism is important. Just being constructive. I I don't always get a pat on the back. And then when I get a pat on the back, I feel strange. 
because I'm always either doing it wrong, I'm never doing it the way anyone wants it. So the fact that I was able to do what I did, I was stunned. Because I remember I took my lunch and all I could think about was, okay, I gotta, I gotta do that recording. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta be professional. Don't waste anyone's time. And when I would mess up, I would say sorry. And he's like, that's fine. That's fine. And then the fact that people were impressed with it, that's another kind of, because I, you know, I don't want my head to get swelled. And I, and I bring it back to Barbara Streisand. Never forget where you come from. If you notice that Oscar speech, Barbara has that Brooklyn cadence. Barbara has never forgotten where she came from. She never tried to be Hollywood. She still talks like she does from the neighborhood, from Brooklyn. Okay? She never changed her nose, even when others told her to do it. And she's authentic. So, and I always notice that people have such a problem with her and call her a diva. Look where she's gotten. So if, if you don't like her because she's determined, then I don't know what else to tell you. She's lasted since 1960. She's doing something right. And I say that because her own mother wouldn't give her um, kudos. And she later said, I didn't do it because I didn't want you to get a swelled head. I don't think she has a swelled head. Okay. When we when we don't get adulation, yeah, it hurts. I'll tell you, I learned a long time ago not to get applause. Because not everyone is satisfied. So when people do acknowledge my work, it it's it's an out-of-body experience. Because I'm truly stunned and I don't know how to take it. Because I don't want to get cocky. I don't want to. I, I just continue. The, let the work speak for itself. Okay. It's like when I was teaching and the teacher said, oh, you do a podcast. Yeah. How many followers do you have? And I said, that's not what it's about. She's like, oh, yeah, it is. I said, no, because you obviously don't know what it means to be a storyteller. I shouldn't have said that, but she she kind of laughed it off. She wasn't my boss, thankfully. And and I said, look, with story, if you've reached one person, you're there. You've made it. And so I want to reference what I've been watching with King Richard. Venus and Serena never change who they were. Their father and mother ingrained that in them. They said to them early on, you're going to be champions, but you don't get there without the hard work and the perseverance. And that is so evident in the film. And so I urge all of you to watch these films. Whether you, you know, once the Oscars are said and done, just watch them. Just watch them. Because you might be inspired by these films. 
films teach us, I mean, you know, document, I've, I've, I've always said the power of the documentary. I would love to see a documentary nominated for Best Picture. Because the human experience, that's a narrative. Okay? And it's happening and it's ever-changing and ever-present. Summer of Soul is such a great documentary. It makes me think of the documentary Festival Express, which was almost forgotten. Okay? And how people didn't pay attention to Summer of Soul. It was more about Woodstock. I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't get through 50 minutes of Woodstock. That is such a shit show. And you look at the directors who worked on it. And then you look at the editor. It was edited by Thelma Schoomaker, okay, along with some other editors. And so it's not that. I mean, there, there are good parts to Woodstock, okay? If you think of Santana doing Soul Sacrifice, think of Janis Joplin and, and The Who, and Joni Mitchell, who didn't even go. But it's really kind of bloated, and it's, it's been done. The fact that Summer of Soul happened that same year and all of those white musicians were influenced by soul music. Okay? All of them. Oh, even the Who. Even the Who. Even the band. Even the Grateful Dead. Come on. Janis Joplin. Let's get real. And documentaries, That for me, that's always been my favorite. Because there's some really great documentaries out there. Everything from Bowling for Columbine to Supersize Me to Grey Gardens to Gimme Shelter, Amy, What Happened, Miss Simone. Those are powerful documentaries. And so here's to the 2022 Academy Awards. You're all winners you've all made it and even those who weren't nominated they're all winners as well so as always unpleasant dreams